The universe is everything. Hello everyone, this is Celine in her first podcast about pushed by the addiction of astronomy and paleontology. And I'm Yasmin, a curious sky lover and a happy participant on this episode. Again, the universe is everything that we know along with what we do not know. The word, the past, the present and the future. It contains time and energy and existence of ourselves and life as we know it. I myself find subtle knowledge worth living for, and so today we brought you a tiny but fascinating amount of it. In this chapter of the new series called Space, Echo is going to walk you from the start of time to what we live in right now. Now, the word is a product of fascination. How amazed are you when you look up to the sky at night? But you know what's more delightful to know? The long past that led to such beauty. If you were, let's say, to throw a birthday party to our dear universe to celebrate its long astonishing life, and you were to light a candle for each year, you'd need 13.8 billion candles for a cake. How cool is that? Now to say start, we say the Big Bang. As we're all familiar with the term, it's the theory of the birth of the one universe we know. As astronomers explain, it's the beginning of the universe at just a single point then expanded and stretched to grow as large as it is today, and still is stretching. You might ask, how did they know? It started by Edwin Hubble noticing that the further galaxies are from us, the faster they move, and came to the conclusion that if things are drifting apart, that only means that they have been close together, and even been one single form. I would describe it as a tiny hot beginning. When the universe began, it was just hot tiny particles mixed together with light and energy. It was nothing like what we see now, as everything expanded and took up more space. It cooled down within long millions of years. The tiny particles grouped together, they formed atoms, then those atoms grouped together over lots of time. Atoms came together to form stars and galaxies. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, was a part of this process, and so was our sun. That's fascinating. I would like to ask you, what is a galaxy? Let's start with this one. That's a big one. Well, as I found on a NASA website while doing my research, galaxies are a collection of stars, gas, dust, and dark matter held together by gravity. Their appearance and composition are shaped over billions of years by interactions with groups of stars and other galaxies. Using supercomputers, scientists can look back in time and simulate how a galaxy may have been formed in the early universe and grown into what we see today. Galaxies are thought to begin as small clouds of stars and dust swirling through space. As other clouds get closer, gravity sends these objects careening into one another and knits them into larger spinning packs. Subsequent collusions can sling material towards galaxies' outskirts, creating extensive spiral arms filled with colonies of stars. Okay, so now we're getting a little bit tinier than a galaxy. What is a star? Well, again, a star is a luminous ball of gas, mostly hydrogen and helium, held together by its own gravity. The first stars created bigger atoms and groups of atoms, that led to more stars being born. At the same time, galaxies were crashing and grouping together. As new stars were being born and dying, then things like asteroids, comets, planets, and black holes formed. How fascinating. One thing led to the other. 
So let me now um, inform you of how our sun formed. I was always curious about the birth of our source of life and how it came to be. So I looked into it and found the answers on the space.com website. In a wide expanse of space, gravity drew dust and gas together to create the young solar system. The sun formed first from the vast material with the planets close behind. The rotating cloud of gas and dust is known as the solar nebula. But how did the sea of swirling particles become the brightest star in our sky? Although it may look empty, space is filled with gas and dust. Most of the material was hydrogen and helium, but some of it was made up of leftover remnants from the violent deaths of stars. About 4.5 billion years ago, waves of energy traveling through space pressed clouds of such particles closer together, as you said, Pilin, and gravity caused, the, caused them to collapse in on themselves and then start to spin. The first steps of how the solar system formed. The spin caused the clouds to flatten into a disk like a pancake. In the center, the material clumped together to form a protostar that would eventually become the sun. The young protostar was a ball of hydrogen and helium, not yet powered by fusion. Over tens of millions of years, the temperature and pressure of the material inside increased, jump-starting the fusion of hydrogen that drives the sun today. The formation of the sun didn't take up all of the cloud it was born from. What was left continued to orbit the star while planets formed from the leftover material. The sun is an average-sized star, not too big and not too small. Its size makes it an excellent star to orbit, as it is neither large and fast-burning, small and thin. Here is a fact about the sun. The sun lies at the heart of the solar system, where it is by far the largest object. It holds 99% of the solar system's mass, and it is roughly 109 times the diameter of the Earth. About 1 million Earths could fit inside the Sun. That's quite a difference in size. So, let's talk about how our tiny, tiny Earth was born. While the sun grew in size and energy, beginning to ignite its nuclear fires, the hot disk slowly cooled. This took years. During that time, the components of the disk freeze out into small dust-sized grains. Iron metal and compounds of silicon, magnesium, aluminum, and oxygen came out first in that fiery setting. Bits of these are preserved in chondrite meteorites, which are ancient materials from the solar nebula. Slowly, slowly these grains settled together and collected into clumps, then chunks, then boulders, and finally bodies called planetesimals, large enough to exert their own gravity. Earth 
happen in fiery collisions. As time went by, planetesimals collided with other bodies and grew larger. As they did, the energy of each collision was tremendous. By the time they reached a hundred kilometers or so in size, planetesimal collisions were energetic enough to melt and vaporize much of the material involved. The rocks, iron, and other metals in these colliding worlds sorted themselves into layers. The dense iron settled in the center and the lighter rock separated into a mantle around the iron, in a miniature of Earth and the other inner planets today. Planetary scientists call this settling process differentiation. It didn't just happen with planets but also occurred within the larger moons and the larger asteroids. The iron meteorites that plunge to Earth from time to time come from collisions between these asteroids in the distant past. At some point during this time, the sun ignited. Although the sun was only about two-thirds as bright as it is today, the process of ignition was energetic enough to blow away most of the gases part of the protoplanetary death behind the chunks, boulders, and planetismal left behind continued to collect into a handful of large stable bodies in well-spaced orbits. Earth was the third one of these, counting outward from the sun. The process of accumulation and collision was violent and spectacular because the smaller pieces left huge craters on the larger ones. Studies of the other planets show these impacts and the evidence is strong that they contributed to catastrophic conditions on the infant Earth. At one point early in this process, a very large planetismal struck Earth in interblow and sprayed much of the young Earth's rocky mantle into space. For infant Earth. The planet got most of it back after a period of time, but some of it collected into a second planetismal cir circling Earth. Those leftovers are thought to have been part of the Moon's formation story. The oldest surviving rocks on Earth were laid down some 500 million years after the planet was formed. It and other planets suffered through what's called the late heavy bombardment of the last stray planetismals around 4 billion years ago. The ancient rocks have been dated by the uranium-led method and appear to be about 4.03 billion years old. Their mineral content and embedded gases show that there were volcanoes, continents, mountain ranges, oceans and crustal plates on Earth in those days. Some slightly younger rocks, about 3.8 billion years old, show tantalizing evidence of life on the young planet. While the eons that followed were full of strange stories and far-reaching changes, by the time the life did appear, Earth's structure was well-formed and only its primordial atmosphere was being changed by the unsettled light. The stage was set for the formation 
and spread of tiny microbes across the Their evolution ultimately resulted in the modern life-bearing world still filled with mountains, oceans, and volcanoes that we know today. How interesting our planet is, apart from being the only one habitable in the solar system, is also special by having one massive moon. The moon, formed a hundred million years after the creation of the solar system, this has left scientists wondering what was the cause of our planet's satellite to birth if it didn't come from the events that formed the planet. The first one is called the giant impact hypothesis, an object smashed into the early Earth throwing vaporized chunks of the young planet's crust into space. Gravity bound the ejected particles together, creating a moon. The second one is called co-formation. Gravity would have caused material in the early solar system to draw together at the same time as gravity bound particles together from Earth. And the last one is called capture theory, a rocky body formed elsewhere in the solar system could have been drawn into an orbit around Earth. What fascinating theory. I never actually thought about how the moon could have been formed. This, this needs another episode. We need to do an episode about the moon. Well, oh. yes, we will. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Well, well, what an adventure our universe had to go through to get to what we know it as today. It surely is one of the biggest wonders the scientists keep on learning about every day. Well, personally, I enjoyed making this episode. I hope you did too, Selin. Oh, I enjoyed the episode and the information you got from it so much. Oh, thank you too. It felt like, like a tiny space trip and I would love to make more of these. So I hope, dear listeners, that we added value to your day. Thank you for letting us be a tiny part of your path and I hope you got lost in the echo.